and welcome to Tinted Specs Podcast. I'm Georgina and joining me is Nikki Clark, founder of My Black Dog. Welcome, Nikki. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me here today. How lovely. No, I'm so happy. And I know you've had a very busy summer, so this is the first time we could schedule in a chat. But before we get to that exciting uh, stuff, why don't you tell everyone a bit about My Black Dog? Love to, love to. So My Black Dog is a charity that I started um, and it is a peer-to-peer support service for people who are struggling with their mental health. Uh, the one thing that makes us very different is that all of our volunteers have a lived experience, which means they've been through it before, they totally get it, they know how you feel. Um, so if you are struggling with reaching out or talking to someone because you're worried about being judged or because you'll be misunderstood, that element is very much taken out of it and you can just have a chat with um, one of our one of our lovely volunteers and it's a web service it's not a phone line I I did that on purpose because actually I think it's very hard to say these things out loud even though you know we talk about mental health a lot now and we say talk 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 about it but actually saying things out loud about your mental health is really really hard and much much harder than people give you credit for and you know we live in a digital age it's easier to text than it is to talk sometimes and it just gives you a little bit more of a safety net if you're worried about reaching out so that is us. We are online. We are free and we are online every day. So, Yeah, you are online every day. So during most days, it's 7 to 10 p.m. And I think yeah. on a Saturday. Sorry, five, say that again. Like 5 to 10. 5 to 10. I got that wrong. Sorry. 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. And on a Saturday, it's most of the day, isn't it? Yes, yeah, 10 to 3. Yeah, and they can get access to it from uh, your website, which the link will be below. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a you chose to do it uh, strictly online, so i.e. via text and not phone, because you felt it would be more beneficial. Yeah, but because also because I was thinking about when I went to go and see um, when I went to go and see a counselor and have and have help. It was always of a sort of a Thursday it's sort of four and you're kind of like what how do I explain to work where I'm going and and I was trying not to tell them what was going on and so I was saying I've got physiotherapy and I've got to go at four on a Thursday and they go it's massively inconvenient that's that's when we have our sales meeting I can't really change it because it's taken me months to get these these appointments in and then I and I remember once it was so far away and it took me kind of a bus and two tubes to get there and you know I you just go there and then you release the kraken and all these things come out and you you know it's really emotional and I remember once I had a session and I was just devastated by the end of it and they went up time's up and I sort of thought uh what and I tried to calm myself down and sort of went to the loo on my way out but I couldn't stop crying and I thought I can't get I can't get on public transport like this I I'm just in a wreck and I thought what if I bump into someone I know or how am I supposed to get back? And I was crying on the tube and it was just the most awful experience. Um, so I thought, actually, couldn't we do this from our homes? And would that be nicer? And this was pre-Zoom when I was, you know, before, you know, COVID hit and we were all Zoom Zooming all day. Zoom was a kind of a weird thing that nobody really did. And now we do it all the time and it's fine. Um, but back then I thought, you know, whilst the benefits of seeing a professional face-to-face are obviously great, but if you're just not up for it, couldn't you just talk to someone just in your gym jams at home somewhere that it's comfy and cozy and you feel like mentally safe? And I suppose also it gives you a chance to kind of really edit down exactly what you want to say. So I think sometimes when we're speaking, we miss out the most important part. So with texting, it gives you a chance to kind of, you know, fully form 
kind of exactly how you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you've said these things and it's out there and, you know, you've said something terrible, maybe, and then you go, ah, it's out in the ethos and I, I can't get it back. And what do, what do I do? And, and you know, it's just kind of, um, hmm, you know, the fear of, of, of actually having put it into words. Because when you put it into words, it suddenly becomes very real. And you've now said this thing and it's out there and you can't get it back. And now you wish you hadn't said it. And what's the person you said it to thinking and all these kind of feelings I know I had, I know that lots of other people have had when they're sharing experiences about their mental health. So uh, as well as that, though, it's also, like you say, very private. You could be in your gym jams. You could even be in the toilet at work, let's be honest. Um, But you don't actually have to take time out to travel anywhere. And at the end of it, you can be somewhere safe that uh, and not have to show yourself to the world, so to speak. So because thinking about it, when you do go to these sessions, they do finish and then you're just like literally shoved out the door, aren't you? So, and that must be incredibly traumatizing, particularly if you're talking about very emotional and raw things. So I guess this way you get to have a, you've got a bit of a safety net. You can choose where you're going to do it, when you're going to do it. Well, between five and 10 and yeah. all day on Saturday, but you have a, a bit of flexibility, which I suppose is what it's all about these days. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's just that softer landing, as I said, because when you're when you're trying to reach out, you know, it, you don't want to make it a really big deal. Because when you see your family and friends, let's be honest, when you're meeting up with people, it's normally a happy occasion. So I mm-hmm. used to, when I was really struggling, and I used to think, okay, well, whose birthday am I going to ruin this week? You know, wh- when am I going to talk about this? Do I do it at Christmas? Do I do it at my friend's birthday? Do I do it at my, you know, my godson's christening? You know, when is a good time to bring up these things and talk to people about it? Do I do it at the pub? But then, yeah, I don't know, I don't want to ruin Friday night. Yeah, these sorts of things that, that is just so hard to kind of get and you build it up in your mind to go I've got to tell someone about this thing I'm going through it's really dark and I'm scared to tell someone and then there's just no environment to to do it in because we haven't normalized it we need to normalize it and um and say it's okay to talk about these things you know at these events or whenever it needs to be and it doesn't have to be a massive thing but in the meantime I guess I was trying to get uh, an environment for people to sort of feel like it was easy to reach out because we make it so terribly hard for people um, to get help. There's always a huge waiting list for counselling in the NHS or there's, you know, time for medications to kick in and you, maybe you don't know what the, what the side effects of these medications are going to do. And there's just a lack of resources, uh, you know, for mental health in this country. So I wanted to create a, a safer environment for people to come and just have something that wasn't a massive deal it's just a chat. It's just a chat with somebody who will understand how you're feeling. And I think that's so important because you're right. It's, uh, it's very difficult to have to share these things with your family and friends, knowing that they might not listen in the most appropriate you know, way or might not be able to give you the support that you need. Whereas here, it's like you've got a friend on the end of the text line and they, you know, you might not know them, but they understand where you're coming from. And, and because they've come out the other end, uh, they should be able to help you to give you some good advice or just listen. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about giving advice, although actually I found the volunteers do give such wonderful advice because they have been through it, because they know. Um, But sometimes you just need a a space to kind of talk and to listen. And, you know, many people come to us because they haven't found someone who will listen to them because, 
your friends and family are very kind and and good and they want to help you and um but they may not have been through something similar so in that respect their suggestions whilst kind cannot maybe be that helpful so mm. what, what, you know you'll find is that you'll reach out to someone and they may say something like have you done mindfulness and you're thinking you know I haven't got out of bed for three days I am not I'm not able to function on a daily basis you know this is what happens when you're in deep depression so mindfulness is not, not helpful and then you feel bad because you haven't done mindfulness and now they're expecting you to do it and now you've added it to another list of things to do including get out of bed which you haven't managed to do for three days so these are the sort of things that it's it's very kind but it it's not necessarily helpful no and um I think that what's great about it is that it is so easily accessible because it is just a text so you're right it's um helping it's not necessarily helping to normalize it or to to make it more spoken about but what it is is it's making it much easily much more easily accessible for people that need it and it doesn't cost anything either does it so they can just and it will always be free um, and then I, when I, you know, I thought about people, because it's easy, I live in London. So actually for me to get help, whilst the waiting list, by the way, for the NHS, which was three months when I was on it, but it's now anything from six months to two years for that waiting mm. list. But when I was on it, I thought I'm actually relatively lucky because I live in London. But what about all the farming communities that I know so well, you know, and people struggling because suicide rates among farmers is terribly high. And what if you are in a rural location or, you know, you're you just don't, can't access the facilities that you could from a major city. Those things, I mean, that's also where the service is quite handy because it gives you at least a stopgap while you try and find that professional in a big city that you can find the time to go to and it's going to take you a 40-minute drive or whatever to get there. So that's also what I was thinking as well. I think that's um, – and interestingly, actually, I was up at my mum's and we did a, a charity raffle for uh, a farming charity, which I can't remember, but it was all to do with mental health. So, I mean, it's it's people are becoming much more aware of it. And I guess the fact texting, again, is great for them because they're working all day, very often very long hours, often on their own as well, you know, yeah. out in the tractor or, you know, looking after the cows. So um, – I think that that it does make it much more easily accessible and they don't have to, there's no drama about it, is there? You literally just pick up your phone and go for it. So um, obviously it is voluntary, voluntarily run, voluntary run, I should yeah. say, and it is free. So um, how are you going about funding it? What kind of things are do you do to help get some money in for My Black Dog? So at the moment we have, been very very lucky because we've had lots of private fundraisers we have no government grants or funding from the government in any way um we would obviously like it but we are a very small charity so when we started off we had a fundraiser that helped us get off the ground and then you know covid hit and we thought well not only are we ideally placed in during covid times for people to get help for their mental health but we don't have any money and we're going to be busier than we've ever been before. And we were. We, it was a 2,030% increase in a year. So it was hugely, hugely popular. Um, but we, again, we saw some really lovely people just do private fundraisers for us. Um, we had Eddie Temple Morris, who's our patron. He did a Musicians for Mental Health auction where we had some lovely donations from people such as Dua Lipa and Muse and The Prodigy. He gave us some items to auction off and we, we managed to do that. And we were 
very luckily invited to Carfest, which is Chris Evans's festival. And so we were there this year. And that has helped us really keep going and to grow because we need funding, obviously, because we're growing very, very fast. So we went from having, I don't know, because we started very early on. It was, two, well, not sorry, not very early on. It was 2019 when we became a charity. And then we saw this huge increase. So we went from being a tiny, tiny team with a few volunteers to having 80 plus volunteers and, you know, 650 chats a month. So that's the kind of scale up that we've seen. That's huge. And I suppose also the other thing is by doing these uh, fundraisers um, and being at Carfest, you're raising awareness of My Black Dog as well, aren't you? So more people are aware of it, which could potentially increase the number of people that get in touch as well. So I suppose it's a it's a it's a good double edged sword, isn't it? It's a, you know you're hopefully getting a bit more money, but also um, you're getting uh, people more aware of it, so that if they need to get in touch with you, that they they can. Yeah. So um, in the future, how can you? How will my black dog kind of uh, work? I mean, obviously, we're going into the winter again now. And by the way, I love the the name of the charity because for me, it just I understand it straight away. Um, I did look it up in the dictionary, and it's exactly what I thought it was. So I was very happy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I do. I I love it. The little symbol of the little um, black dog. It's just you know, it's. I think it's a very positive thing to have a black dog. I really do. I you know, and it doesn't have to be anything scary or or anything like that um although you know it can be when you get bitten by the dog it does hurt so um but I did want to make it a positive image and I think that little black dog is um is just a lovely idea of having you know a companion that that is with you that it can sometimes be a bit mean and sometimes <laughs> but if you can control it then it can walk with you and um everything's going to be <clears throat> excuse me okay yeah, I think that's true. I mean, you can, you need to, it's a bit like training a dog. You need to learn how to manage it or to, how to be a good dog parent, I suppose, to uh, help you. Um, so over the winter, do you, are you expecting a lot more people to get in touch? Yes, I would hope, I would, I would think so, actually. I mean, we had, we saw a huge increase in numbers, um, as I said, during COVID. And then when lockdown started to ease and people were allowed to go out and see their families again, and we saw a little dip. But then we, you know, we've seen it on the rise again. But don't forget, furloughs finishing. You know, that's going to cause a lot of people mental distress, um, and there's still a lot of uncertainty in the economy, um, and also people are moving a lot, so that causes a lot of problems too. And they aren't got, you know, they're not sure about jobs, and you know, we're just at a time of deep unrest in this country. So I, I think, and then you go into the. The, the darker months where the you know you don't get as much sunlight and that naturally is going to affect your mental health so yeah I think we can expect to see an increase definitely um in the in the weeks and the years to come when it comes to mental health in this country because we are still so massively underfunded that it's very hard to kind of expand services and to get things in place and the government has promised funding for this but we have not yet seen it um so we can also with the fundraisers, like you said, we are raising awareness and hopefully the more people that know about us, the more people we can help. And that's the bottom line, really. We don't spend our money on marketing. We spend the money on core costs and on the technology. But the marketing side of things, we're trying to do things very slimline and we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of funds. So that's we don't spend it on marketing. So it's word of mouth and things like this. that it's fantastic to get the word out. 
And just thinking about it, so your volunteers can actually work from home or wherever, or do they have to? Yeah. yeah so that also is- makes it easier for them as well. So people who are thinking that this sounds amazing and they'd like to help, how could they go about helping as a volunteer or, or donating? How would they go about that? Um, you can just go to the website. There's a form on the website that you can just volunteer with us and you just fill out your details and then we can be in touch. And then if you wanted to donate, very kind of you. Thank you so much. There is a donate button or a QR code and you can use either. Um, but that would be absolutely magical. We are looking for volunteers right now because we are constantly growing and we are expanding. And we'd, we tend to do these things in drives. So we're doing another drive at the moment for volunteers. We're hoping to have 150 by the end of the year. Wow. That is amazing. So uh, if people want to help out or and they think they can, then they fill in, they go to the volunteer button and go from there. And uh, just for people who are going through all these changes you're talking about, I mean, th- we all are, aren't we? But um, for people that really want to reach out and, you know, would like someone else to talk to you, how, what would you, uh, what advice would you give them? You know, it's it is okay. You know, you won't you feel very alone probably. If you're struggling with it, uh, like so many people, you'll think I'm the only person that this is going on for, like I don't know how to handle it, I don't know who to talk to. That's normal. So don't feel there's something terribly wrong because we do know that there are so many people that are struggling with it. Much chances are your friends are also struggling, but the, you guys just haven't talked about it. So just just go easy on yourself and if you if you don't feel comfortable talking to your friends and then come to you know somewhere like my black dog where it's apart from your personal life um but otherwise you know just get your feelers out pick someone kind and just um go go for a chat go for a walk just do it that's really good advice and i have to be i have to say i mean just talking about it makes me feel a bit emotional if i'm honest um because it is such a I just really feel for everyone that's going through, you know, a really hard time because it is so difficult. And I think this is such a fantastic way for people to get that little bit of help when when they actually need it at the time they they need it, not like in three months or six months time. So um, I hopefully this will, uh, you know, make people more aware of it and then they can get in touch as well. So, Nikki, um, so you obviously set up the business. Uh, we didn't obviously, you did set up in 2019. Yes. And so, and then the pandemic hit. So what have you learned about kind of the business and, um, I suppose yourself over the, this past, uh, 18 months? Gosh, it's been such a huge change in, in the business. I mean, we just went from zero to 60 in no time at all. Um, and I think the, the thing we had to learn was just pivot. You have to be very quick on your feet and learn. And and we knew that we'd have a lot of people that needed help. So that was the driving force behind it all. You know, when, when someone is struggling, they come to you for help, then you think fast. So we've had to think fast and adapt very quickly because we were a model maybe built for 20 people. We suddenly had to change systems, change tech, um, change management and everything to try and, you know, help people and not just help them, but help them to a really high level. There's no good in sort of having these chats. If you're like, sorry, I've got to go because I've got someone else, you know, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, we, we have been at that point, but we do just try and get as many people involved and the volunteers as possible to try and handle the volumes that we've had. And we've just had so many. Um, So, yeah, it's just we've just had to adapt very, very quickly because 
whilst I knew that mental health was an epidemic before this even started, and I, I thought this is a time to do something about this. This is one of the biggest crises. I had no idea that then COVID was going to happen and it would mm. be such a huge situation in terms of mental health and globally. So I, it, it was quite scary so suddenly feeling like you're a dinghy in the tidal wave of, of, of things coming your way. But then thinking, well, actually, let's just not be a dinghy. Let's be a lifeboat, shall we? Um, and just do as, as much as we can. And that's what we've been doing. So, yeah, it's just <laughs> think think fast. <laughs> I love that lifeboat because um, I have to be honest, Saving Lives at Sea is one of my favourite programmes on TV. <laughs> if, I ever have a, if I ever have a moment where I'm like, I don't have, oh, I'm a bit bored. I watch a bit of Saving Lives at Sea. So, yeah, but it's great because it's like a solid boat. You know, it can go through rough water. And um, you can fit quite a lot of people in a life raft as well, so uh, yeah. or a lifeboat. So it, yeah, to me, it's that's a really good analogy. And also, it's worth mentioning you don't have any experience. You didn't have any experience in this before, did you? Yeah, Running so your my, own business. No, it's it's really my own personal experience of things. I mean, mm. I mean, I have a background in sort of finance, and I was an executive assistant for a while. So I suppose you get to see how things are run. So um, yeah, I mean, but no. No, but no one's done this before, I guess. No one's done a peer-to-peer mm. chat service for mental health in this country. So, I mean, for all of us, it's it's a new thing. And we're all going, okay, well, no one's done it before, so we've got no comparison. So let's just do it. Let's just do it anyway. And when I started this, I think people, there were lots of people going, well, poo-poo this and poo-poo that. And there's so many reasons not. No, That's crazy. No one's done it before. I said, no, no, let's do it because no one's done it before. And that's what's been so exciting about the whole thing. I, yeah, it's amazing. You must have had like a flashbulb moment where you're like, right, it's time to, you know, to just to go for it. Uh, I, I just think also, I mean, the timing was incredible, really, for you to actually start right there and then. I mean, obviously, none of us knew what would happen. But I yeah. mean, I think that, um, yeah, it's just incredible, the timing. And I think that's speaking to a lot of people that have started new things. It's, it just happened just before, you yeah. know, this big change in our lives. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably the only person who wants to, you know, walk myself out of a job because I really would like the mental health crisis to, to, to dampen a little bit. But um, it is still very prominent. And you're right, it is exactly the right moment for this organisation. Yeah. Well, Nikki, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see uh, what my black dog is going to do next year. I know there's some exciting things in the pipeline. And uh, it's been great chatting to you. I have to say, it's just the most fantastic idea to people just text each other. I mean, what more simple thing uh, could you have? And to have someone on the end of the text who actually knows what you've been through and, and can, you know, just give you some space or a bit of advice if you need it. So I think it's fantastic um all the details everybody will be in the comments below or you know on the post on instagram or facebook and uh i'll be linking to nikki's pages as well uh thank you very much nikki and i'll see you soon oh thank you it's been a pleasure